We would like to thank your sponsor, Valley First, a division of First West Credit Union and a member-owned financial cooperative serving the Okanagan, Similkameen, and Thompson regions. They offer a wide range of banking and investment services for individuals and families. Valley First also has a talented business and commercial team to provide the expertise, products, and services local businesses need to grow and thrive. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Business Matters, presented by Valley First, the division of First West Credit Union. My name is Rob Capello, and today we will welcome Lauren Frost to Business Matters. Lauren, thank you for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Rob. I'm excited. Yeah, so Lauren is, a, I know Lauren quite well, obviously, because she's a content strategist at Now Media Group, but we're not going to talk much about your role in content or marketing, just a little bit. Um, Lauren, you've written and directed an upcoming play called Finding Mama, so we're going to spend most of the time talking about that. But before we do, um, I mentioned you're wearing a couple hats now, but I'm curious if it, it sort of where your journey started, like where, let's go back, where's home for you? Like where where, where do you consider home? Yeah, so I grew up in an itty-bitty town in south-central Vancouver Island called Lake Cowichan. Uh, it's got about 3,000 people, small town, uh, so that's technically my hometown. Uh, but when I became an adult, I went to school at UVic, so I mm. moved to Victoria. I lived there for about six years, so Victoria, I always say it feels like my real home. Uh, okay. It just matches my values, my lifestyle. I just really love it there. Uh, and then I came to Kelowna about two years ago now. Uh, my partner got accepted into UBCO uh, to do his uh, registered nursing degree. Uh, and so that's what brought us here for a fun new adventure. Interesting. Well, you know how much I love the island too. So I'm with you on that. So yeah. <laughs> um, so were, when it comes to like, we're going to get into sort of the play and theater, but were you actively involved in theater in high school? Like, were you, were you a person that was like Lawrence on stage at the play in high school and all that? Was that you or behind the scenes? Like, what, what was your role in high school when it came to that? Yeah, so I'd say I first got into theater through community theater. Uh, mm -hmm. There's a surprisingly strong community theater in Lake Cowichan, even though it's so small. There's a couple mm -hmm. of who championed it over the years. Um, so I got involved in community theater when I was maybe 11. I think I was in a pantomime. I believe I played a king. So I got oh to my gosh. for the first time I had a big <laughs> in my little head. Uh, uh, I just loved it. So from there, I was in a few more sort of plays with community theater. And my high school actually did not have a theater program proper because we were so small. So a couple of friends and I spearheaded uh, actually creating a theater program. So we oh were writing scripts because we didn't have money for royalties. So we couldn't actually right. buy a script. Uh, so we just wrote That's our own hilarious. scripts. We had all the high school students performing them. We had we arranged like shows for parents and uh, other uh, members of the school community. Um, so I really sort of took it into my own hands because I loved it so much. So it kind of makes sense that I've followed through on directing, producing, because I've kind of been doing that more or less since I was 15 years old. Interesting. So did that group stay, did the legacy stay, or when you guys moved away, sort of disbanded? Uh, I'm not sure. My nieces and nephews <laughs> go to that school, and I don't think there's as much of a community. I think there's more just drama classes, but right, uh, we right. definitely had about five of us that were just gung-ho for it at the time. So That's funny. So after high school, so you graduated from high school, did you continue on with theater in your university years, or did you switch more into the communication side? And I see those actually, those two paths actually work really well together, marketing and theater. I actually see that as a form of communication on both sides, which is to say, but when did you, did you continue on or did you switch over more to the marketing side? 
Yeah. So when I first went to university, I uh, enrolled in a Bachelor of Fine Arts degree in the theater program at UVic. They've got a really amazing program there. I was really grateful to get in despite not having some of the same like semi-professional experience that my peers right. need because I was in such a small town. Uh, so I did my whole degree in theater, actually, and I specialized in directing and playwriting. But I also took some courses in theater marketing because as I sort of grew older and, and discovered what kind of lifestyle I wanted, I knew that the sort of gig to gig lifestyle wasn't really right. what I wanted. So I did want to have a backup job. Uh, I actually got placed in marketing by accident. Uh, I applied to be in the stage management class and it was full. So they said, well, I don't know, marketing, but like we need kids in marketing because nobody wants to take it. Oh my uh, gosh. I didn't think I would like it, but I loved it. Uh, so I kind of just stuck with that in the theater side of things. Um, and then I also did that like co-op education terms. I did all of those in higher education marketing. So I worked for UVic a couple of times in a couple of different capacities, helping with marketing. Uh, and when I graduated, I continued to work in strategic communications at UVic, um, especially when COVID hit. Uh, yeah. I graduated, there really wasn't opportunities for me to even be doing theater. So it kind of it was a bunch of happy accidents that landed me in what I do for my day job now, which I actually really love. Well, I always say like one of the it, to be to be really good in marketing, you you need to know how to write. Like I think that's a real key factor. I'm a big believer in that. I think so. Your skill for writing and directing, I could see that coming into play in marketing easily. Yeah. yeah, it's all storytelling. Yeah, interesting. So I'm curious, where did the passion for theater come from? Parents, friends, like how did that come about? Like 11 years old, and you're like, I'm gonna do this. Like how did where did that come from? That's a good question. So my sister. Uh, who's about 11 years older than me. I've got two of them, but that's the oldest one. She yeah. was interested in community theater way before I was mm -hmm. because she's so much older. Uh, and my dad is the kind of person who, no matter what any of the three of us were interested in, he was interested in it. My sister played hockey. He coached her hockey team. I played soccer. He coached my soccer team. Uh, we did theater. He was the technical director up in the booth learning how to oh work. Oh my gosh. Uh, so my dad and my sister were interested in it. Uh, so I don't really remember if I wanted to audition or if somebody like prodded me to try it out. I can't really remember, but that's sort of where it came from is that we already sort of had an in and familiarity with the community. That's interesting. So your story, you, you, you come to Kelowna cause your partner's at UBC, correct? Yeah. You're saying, um, you landed at now media group. Is that, was, was that your first role when you came into Kelowna? Yeah, correct. I was working remotely for the university of Victoria when I first moved here. Uh, but I wanted to find an in-person role so I could actually meet new people in the community and just sort of get back to going in the office, meeting new people, uh, especially being new to town and not knowing anybody. Awesome. So you're, I mean, you wear a couple hats even at Now Media Group, more than a couple hats, but content strategist, account manager is sort of the role you play a lot. So can you just speak a little bit about what that role looks like, what you do, sort of what your day-to-day, -day, I know it's not the same every day, but sort of that day-to-day -day looks like for you? Yeah, so I'll start with as an account manager, really what that means is being a client's first point of contact uh, with Now Media Group. I mostly work on the agency side of things, so uh, helping clients navigate their marketing budgets, supporting the partners at Now Media uh, with their sales uh, endeavors, um, and really being the person who answers the phone when something goes wrong, being the person who gets to celebrate when things go right. Uh, because I have such a strong writing background, I also work as a content strategist, which basically means any sort of content creation for social media, blogs, uh, press releases, sometimes like really a whole bunch of things. 
So I tend to manage accounts for clients who have a lot of content work because it makes sense for me to sort of be intimate with that and be able to step in to do some of their uh, content heavy projects. That's awesome. Yeah. So you have a lot. Um, you said you loved when you when you took that marketing class and and you know you, what you're doing today. What do you love about it? Like what part of the marketing or communication side communication side just you know gets you up in the morning? Well, I think what's really been uh, a through line for me through my everything I've ever loved is working with people, mm-hmm. helping people. Uh, and project-based work rather than just here's a list of tasks to do for the day. I really like projects right. to take ownership of. And I find that marketing typically is in line with that type of work. Uh, but really working for an agency is just helping people. It's a helping role. Uh, it's a business-focused helping role. But really what I do every day, I get up and I either help my team complete a project. I help a client meet a goal. And that's really what I love about it at the end of the day. Love it. So that's it about, we're not going to talk about marketing anymore. We're going to talk about finding mama now. So I have so many questions I want to learn. So um, I, I'm curious, actually, what inspires you to write finding mama? And I, and, I, and I know it's sort of based on actual events for lack of better words. So how closely does it follow the story, the true story as well? Yeah. So to give a little background, uh, finding mama, I usually say it's based on three true pasts and a fictional present. Uh <laughs> meaning that it is inspired by true events, but it doesn't follow them uh, line for line. So uh, when I was about six, uh, my mom made the decision to leave our family. She had been unwell for a number of years. She struggled with addiction. Uh, she, I, We suspect she had bipolar disorder, but she mm-hmm. definitely had some mental health issues uh, that were just going unaddressed. I think the system failed her in many ways. Right. Uh, so I was six. My sisters were, I think, mm-hmm. 15 and 17. Uh, and that really shaped the rest of our lives, as you can mm-hmm. imagine also shaped our relationships with each other. Um, I think some families are bonded over trauma, but we really were split apart. Like I didn't really have that relationship that I wanted with my sisters growing up because we were all so busy dealing with trauma. Um, So in my last year of university, I had to do sort of a capstone project, uh, meaning I had to write a script for one class and then I had to direct a script for another. So I decided to do them concurrently. Uh, And I decided I wanted to write something that honored my sisters and my own experience growing up. I feel that many people have experiences without a father growing up, but right. I've struggled to find people to connect with over growing mm-hmm. up. It's not as common. So I ended up interviewing my sisters, uh, mm-hmm. asked for their experiences, which was really healing for me because I was so young. There was a lot of stuff I just didn't even know happened. Um, so there was a, lots of gaps in my own personal history. So I interviewed them. We sort of came together for the first time in a long time over talking about this play and reconnecting, comparing our memories. It was a really beautiful experience. Uh, And then I ended up self-producing that play for a class. My whole family came down island to Victoria to watch it. It was just a really incredible experience. Um, And so I wanted to do it again, uh, but COVID hit. So there was no theater in my life for a couple of years. Right. And then I found out when I moved here that Kelowna also has a fringe festival, just like Victoria does. So I thought might as well apply. Uh, So that's sort of the background behind the script and why I'm passionate about putting it out there. Uh, The script itself is based very much in a fictional setting. Uh, The characters have our middle names. Uh, My sisters have our middle names. So it's a little bit, but it's not directly based Mm -hmm. off of us. Uh, But nothing that's happening in the present moment of the story is real. It's sort of a, a hypothetical question, what would happen if we did find our mom? Because it's been about 20 years since any of us have had real contact with her. 
Uh, mm -hmm. So in the play, mom has sort of come back into the picture, which has never happened for us. Uh, but all the memories that you'll hear in the story that the sisters are talking about, those are all based very much in the truth. Did uh, did this bring you closer with your sisters? Like, are you still connect? Are you are you more connected now than you were before because of this? For sure. Huh. Yeah, sort of this meta experience where the play is very much about three sisters coming back together over trauma and uh, memories. And that's actually what happened in real life as I wrote the play. Interesting. And um, are, will they be there? Are they coming to watch this one or is it hard for them to actually make to come watch this one? They had planned to come watch it originally. We haven't originally. talked about it, but it, yeah. the festival was meant to happen uh, at the beginning of September and right, right. the wildfires uh, caused the festival to get postponed. So they would have been able to come to that one. But unfortunately, now that it's sort of moved, it's not a long weekend. Uh, they won't be able mm. to be present, but they're there very much in spirit. That's awesome. So it's I, I read that the play is, just, is sort of described as a dramedy. So how do you balance like drama and comedy in a story? Because it's it, this isn't long, right? I think it's an hour, an hour and a half, if that, that yeah. correct? Yeah. yeah. So how do you balance like when you're writing that, like a drama and a comedy in, in a short time frame? Yeah, that's a really great question. I think that the best stories are always a combination of mm -hmm. drama and comedy. And I don't think you can have tragedy without elements of comedy um, because that's really how we cope as humans, right? I think everybody has a bit of a dark sense of humor and that's just how right. we cope with traumatic things. And I think it's important to balance that because, uh, you know, it, these are just tough issues that are being talked about in the play. Mm -hmm. And in order to make that more accessible, I think it's important to have elements of comedy, whether it's just, you know, the sisters are who they are. They're based on my sisters and I, we've got dark senses of humor. So they're not, <laughs> characters aren't just getting together and crying over mom. They right, have right. wonderful personalities. They're witty, they're multifaceted. Uh, so I think just the nature of humanity, any good script will have elements of both. So what can people expect? Like, so um, you show up, you're going to watch the play. What, what can they expect for the hour that they're there? I think they can expect to laugh, to cry, uh, to be inspired, uh, hopefully to reconnect with memories from their own childhood, whether they have anything to do with uh, addiction, mental health, single parenthood or not. I think there is something for everyone. If nothing else, we all have family in our lives in some way, shape or form. Uh, so I think that just seeing three characters act like a real family acts, I think people can relate uh, to that for sure. Interesting. So uh, one thing that I'm always fascinated or curious about is sort of the casting part of it. Um, and especially in something like this, where you're basing it off yourself and your sisters. So well, like, what were you looking for in the actors who played the sisters? Like, what was important to you? And can you just talk a little bit about that process? Because we don't see, like, a lot of people don't see the behind this, you know, behind the scenes, you show up, you watch the play, but what that process looked like for you to find the right people. And I know that you've had to replace you know, some people couldn't do it. So you can talk a little bit about that process. Yeah. So to be honest, uh, as someone who's new to town, I don't have all my connections that I would have had mm. in Victoria. Right. So I have different standards than perhaps I would have in a bigger city with a bigger talent pool. Uh, not that Kelowna doesn't have a big talent pool, but you kind of have to be connected to people in order for them to trust you because you put right. in a massive amount of trust in a producer as an actor. Right. And I respect right. that. Um so I would say for this, I really just wanted folks who had aligned values 
um, who are going to do the story justice and be able to sort of understand the story and the gravity of the topics we're discussing, while also not taking it too terribly seriously. Um, and then beyond that, really, when you're casting, you just sort of have a sense, I almost call it like an essence, each character has an essence. And I mm -hmm. think that no matter how talented an actor is, if their essence doesn't match the character, it's just not going to be a good fit. So I actually have, uh, we've got a cast of three. Uh, technically, the sisters are supposed to be certain ages, but two of them are actually reversed ages in actors as the characters are. Uh, but because the one actor, just her essence matches this older spunky attitude of the sister, it made sense to cast them reverse, even though their actual ages don't match the characters, just as an example of some of the things you you think through. Interesting. Do you find it odd that you have someone on stage that's playing you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I've been asked that before. I think I can catch it a little bit. Like Fair enough, yeah. Even though the, there's lots of truth to what they're saying, uh, because the characters have different names and like the, the present setting of the play is so different, I think I sort of take that writer- uh, and life experience hat off and put on the director hat, uh, which is a skill, I think, even if you're directing a play that has nothing to do with you personally, you still right. have to catch a little bit from it. Uh, because otherwise, yeah, if there's anything in the play that could touch on something real to you, you're going to have a hard time connecting with the material and doing it professionally. So, right. Fair enough. Uh, how many hours of practice will go into something like, like how, how many, like how much time are you spending evenings, weekends, making sure this all comes together. The cast and crew of this production is so dedicated and I have mm. so appreciated their commitment to taking time off work, to working long days. Uh, I don't know exactly hours, but we've been rehearsing since late June. Mm. Uh, I think the first month we did one to two, you know, two to three hour rehearsals a week. And then as right. we do more, uh, I try to respect the actor's time because this right. is not like a professional opportunity. Right. Um, I'm just really grateful that they uh, have given me so many hours of their time. Uh, late nights, I think our last rehearsal this week, the only time we could get together, especially after the cancellation when people weren't planning is 9.30 at night and everyone's like, okay, let's go 9.30 at night. We're going to get our dress in. So uh, it's a lot of work. It's yeah. more work than maybe people realize. And it's work outside of rehearsal too. The actors have to go home and memorize their own lines. They do character work, character research. So it's a massive commitment, especially for something that's not a professional endeavor where they're not getting paid a union right. wage, right? So very grateful. And when's the last rehearsal? Like, I'm curious, like, is it a day before the show, the day of? Like, when do you stop? You're like, okay, no more. You There's no more rehearsing. Now we just got to do it. Uh, I think in an ideal world, I would do the dress rehearsal, which is like the last rehearsal where yeah. everything in place, costumes are on the day before. Uh, in this case, we're doing it on Wednesday night. So two days before. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. So um, we talk about sort of the people on stage, but I know, like you said, you have a, a big team sort of behind the curtain that people don't don't know or maybe don't see. But what sort of roles do those like what's like what sort of roles are the that you need outside of the performers? Yeah, so for a small production like this, uh, I just have a costume and set designer who is one of my best friends uh, from university. So she's doing it remotely from Victoria. Okay, cool. So her job is to uh, really put thought into the design of the set, meaning how does it look? How does it feel? Does it match the story? Does it match the character who owns this item? Would this character have this table or should we get a table that looks like this? Those types of things. Uh, and same with costumes. And then I have a stage manager, uh, Emily Alexander, who has been 
a delight to work with. Uh, we're friends as well. We've worked together uh, at Now Media in the past. So uh, it's been a really great fit. And the stage manager's job is really to do sort of all the logistical things that would normally the producer, the director would have to do without one. So right. it takes a lot of work off my plate to have her scheduling rehearsals, uh, taking notes, reminding me what the heck I said I would do two days ago. Uh, those types of things. The other day, she literally read my handwriting when I couldn't read it. So that's sort of an indication of, of how closely we work together and how much she is able to keep us on track and make sure nothing's getting missed. Oh, that's awesome. Um, you mentioned that this was originally part of the Clona Fringe Festival that was postponed due to the wildfire. So when and where is the play running? It is now running this Friday, uh, Saturday, September 15th and 16th uh, at 8.30 p.m. in the Rotary Centre for the Arts. I think it's room 100, but it's a small little studio in the Rotary Centre. Um, and if you show up, they will guide you. You'll be able to find the room. And um, uh, are you right? Just, just one show Friday, one show Saturday? Yeah, correct. Just the two shows now. And then how do people, I know, you know, tickets are limited. So how do people get tickets if they're interested in coming along? Yeah, they can go to uh, the Kelowna Fringe Festival website. If you just Google Kelowna Fringe, uh, you should be able to find a list of shows. There will be a bunch listed in January because that's when most of the shows got postponed to, but you should be able to find mine. Uh, if you also just Google Finding Mama Kelowna Fringe, it'll come up as well. Uh, I will say that this Friday, I just got word that there's only a couple of tickets left. So that one sold out uh, quite quickly, but Saturday still has about half capacity open, so... Well, we're going to help get selling them out. I hope so. <laughs> so as your role, like you're wearing, like it, it must be hard as well, right? You have a, you know, you have a day job and you're doing this in the evenings, like you said. So, but what's been your favorite part of uh, the journey to Friday that's coming at 8.30? So what's been the favorite part of the journey for you? I think two things. I think the first is it really proved to me that I am capable of more than I think I am. Hmm. I was really hesitant to apply to do fringe because I don't have connections and right. I'm very good at making excuses for myself. Like, Oh, well, <laughs> hard to find actors or, Oh, well, I'll do it next year. Uh, but I decided this year, I'm not going to do that. Uh, I just wanted to apply and do my best. Uh, and it, it, all, it all worked out, which is a huge confidence boost for me because even yeah. a couple of people having uh, un, unforeseen circumstances come up, I had to recast Right. Uh, the fringe festival got postponed. Like it's really built that resilience. Uh, and the other part is just being with a cast who is so passionate about what they do. It's been a while since I've done live theater. Uh, so it just reminded me of how special that rehearsal room is. Uh, there's just a special energy there that I don't know if I've ever felt anywhere else. It's people working towards a project just because they love mm -hmm. it. Uh, they're all committed they all bond. It's amazing. You know, usually by rehearsal three, the cast are best friends and you'd think they were actually sisters. And it's just such a special experience. That's awesome. So what, what do you hope people get out of the play? So what message do you hope to someone after the play, do they take away from, you know, the hour that they get to spend watching part of your life story come to life? I hope that they pick up the phone and call a family member that they mm -hmm. love or the, a family member that they haven't talked to in a while. I think if I could boil it down to one action, like that's what I hope people do. I hope that they think about their families. I hope that they think about other people's families more empathetically if they're experiencing issues that they haven't experienced. Right. Um, I also find theater in general is a place where in a world where every door you go into, you're asked to leave your baggage at the door. 
I think theater is a place where you're welcome to bring your baggage in. Let's sort it out together. So I hope that that's the energy people feel. Bring yourself, bring your family, bring your loved ones, bring your baggage. Yeah. Let's sort <laughs> it out. Um, oh, I love it. That's awesome. Um, do you, I have to ask, do you have any other projects in the pipeline? Like, are you like, are you energized to do more after this or you're like, I need a break? <laughs> I'm not sure yet. I got to get through <laughs> It's been such a long process. I mean, in general, I'm used to working in more like a month, right. month and a half period, just, you know, being in school where you have more time. Uh, and I think the Victoria theater scene is a little different as well. So people right. typically have condensed rehearsal periods. So already a two, two and a half month period was long enough. And then to have it postponed, I think I'm ready to be able to put this one to bed so I can start thinking about what's next. It's actually, you know, we've done a fair amount of work with um, theater in Kelowna and it actually always like blows me away that the talent and what you see on stage. And I think sometimes we take it for granted because we, we think about, you know, like you said, theater, Victoria, Vancouver or whatever, but there's amazing talent in Kelowna. And it's like, it's so fun. Like that's one thing I love about theater. doesn't matter what the topic is. It's just, you feel like you're, you just, you're somewhere else. Like that's what I love about it. So. Yeah. And I think that's something that the fires maybe with, you mm -hmm. know, with the festival can teach us or remind us rather is that, you know, being an artist, being a local artist is so fickle. Mm -hmm. um, it's so easy. And and again, I'm not doing this as a living. This is just a right. passion project for me. But some people try and do this as a living. And it just takes one wildfire, one pandemic, one anything really to cancel a show. And there goes someone's livelihood. So really right. support your local artists. Um, mm -hmm. I think people will come, will go to see Cirque du Soleil when it comes into town, no problem. But remember that there's lots of local artists who are putting on fantastic work for you to see at a much lower cost. Um, so support them. Love it. I couldn't have said it better. So Lauren, thanks so much for talking this morning. Um, we have our tickets for Friday night. So oh, we're yeah, excited. I'm yeah. Um, I encourage others to buy because seating is limited. I think this, the theater only seats about 40 ish people so there's probably only about 20 tickets left for saturday so if it's half sold already so get your tickets right away because they will go so it should be a great evening so i look forward to it uh to seeing what you guys all put together awesome i look forward to seeing you there thanks so much for having me on rob no problem thanks lauren everyone have a great rest of your day and thank you for tuning in to business matters We would like to thank your sponsor, Valley First, a division of First West Credit Union and a member-owned financial cooperative serving the Okanagan, Similkameen, and Thompson regions. They offer a wide range of banking and investment services for individuals and families. Valley First also has a talented business and commercial team to provide the expertise, products, and services local businesses need to grow and thrive.